0: though it's hard it's being able to give back and help the community and i think that's that's kind of my why these days why why i do the restaurant it's it's not to make more money but it's to to build a better impact on the community
1: what's up zach oates author entrepreneur and customer relationship guru welcome to give an ovation growth strategies for restaurants and retailers where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business this podcast is sponsored by ovation a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Sun Choi, who is the president and co-founder of Yummy's Barbecue and Sushi, the number one Korean barbecue restaurant in Utah. And, he, and he's taken a very circuitous and interesting route to get there. He built and sold two companies while doing IT security consulting, he then left the tech world to open this family restaurant and has recently had some reflections as they hit their four-year birthday, which is incredible. A lot of restaurants don't do that. So congrats on that, son. Hey, and you, uh, so, so welcome to Give an Ovation, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Now, son is joining us from his car because my man is a hustler and <laughs> uh, the restaurant is, is busy and bumping. Um, so I appreciate that. But first of all, son, tell us a little bit about the, the birth of Yummies. How did, you, how did your parents convince you to leave this great, uh, this great lifestyle, you know, tech, consulting, um, to go and do a restaurant? Seems crazy. Yeah, sure. yeah I mean, it's so honestly, this, this happened about
0: 11, 12 years ago. So that's when my parents first moved to Utah from Hawaii. Um, It's because all his kids were going to school here and they didn't really have anything to do, not, not many opportunities. And so they're like, let's start food, right? Doing a food business. And basically they started a sushi catering business. So usually when you go to supermarket, you'll see like these sushi kiosks. And so that was kind of their main business. That's what they started off with. And then from there, um, you know, they got good connections. Their customers say, Hey, you need to come to our company. And they started going into companies like Vivin and Ancestry and Adobe And they would set up sushi kiosks in each of those companies, and so that's kind of how the company itself was born. And they expanded that across Utah, Arizona, Colorado, and Nevada. And then a couple years ago, about four and a half, five years ago to be exact, I told my parents, "Hey, let's open a restaurant." And uh, my parents didn't want me to jump into the business, you know, from the get go, because my dad especially he wanted me to learn from the corporate world first and learn Mm -hmm. how things run, you know, gain experiences there. And I felt it was time to kind of do something kind of on my own. I said, I said let's open the first ever Korean barbecue restaurant with the grills and the table and everything. because it's it's prevalent in like California, L.A., New York and things like that in Korea. But for Utah, this is a totally new concept. And so this is something I definitely wanted to do for, for a long time, having been in Utah for almost 20 years. So uh, here we are today.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And was it always called Yummies?
0: Uh, it was always called Yummy since we first started. Yep.
1: interesting and so when they would do because i've never seen this before so a a pop-up sushi it's like a just like they they make sushi or they just have sushi that they've already made when they go and do these kind of catering deals
0: yeah it's actually made fresh so if i mean if you go to big corporations you know like adobe or apple or whatever they all have their own cafeterias right and so we we contract with the cafeteria as a third party and we'd have our own little section, and that was just sushi. So it would be usually like once a week or twice a week. Sometimes we also did Korean barbecue, but we'd we'd sell food there. And so uh, it's great for the cafeterias because they have a different variety of foods, but because sushi is so, you know, it's it's different and, and not, the regular chefs can't really do it. They would bring us in and give that as kind of like a perk to, to the employees there.
1: Got it. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that you talk a lot about on on yummies you talk a lot about uh catering right yeah. how how do you get the word out there about catering how, how have you been successful at at doing at adding catering to your business yeah i mean i don't know if i'm successful it's
0: it's definitely a, a hard piece of the business but uh i mean the best thing is just just having a network having good connections but also just getting your foot in the door and so there's you know in utah all these companies are growing and so basically what i do is usually the people that order food are the ladies at the front desk right and so you really have to woo them right you gotta take good care of them so i'll take that and, and hey uh,
1: woo is yeah. your middle name man
0: exactly exactly no but like
1: for our listeners woo actually is his middle name
0: <laughs> it, it is yeah it is.
1: <laughs>
0: but but yeah i, I take them i take them food. I say, hey, we're Yummies Korean barbecue, or we're, we're a small family run, you know, restaurant. But we would just want to do something different for you guys than than the normal foods. And so, um, sometimes it takes ten tries. Sometimes it just takes one try. But I just gotta keep keep you know giving them food and giving them you know some some kind of incentive for them to to be convinced. But Korean food is definitely still kind of a new concept here in Utah. It's definitely grown quite a bit over the last couple of years, but. Um, you know, it, it also helps that, you know, BTS and all those different Korean <laughs> dramas and, and, and Korean, you know, K-pop, the Korean movies and stuff. That definitely helps a ton. And so it's it's
1: definitely been good for us. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've learned over the last four years or, or the the reflection that you had. Um, you made a really raw Facebook post about this. And I think that that was it, it was fascinating because I think a lot of times tours you know, we, we like to just kind of be strong and be like, yeah, things are good. Like we're going, we're growing, things are happening. Customers are coming in. Um, and, and yes, you have seen some great growth over the last four years, but it was also very honest and uh, talking about how it was hard. Talk to us a little bit about what, what do you think made the jump from tech to restaurants? So, so challenging.
0: Um I think it's just just the hours right and it's so labor intensive and so cuz not only am I having to deal with customers and cooking food you know that every usually every other week I I have to walk into the toilet and somebody just blew up the toilet like literally <laughs> like you get you get stuff all over the wall and stuff and and so and, and it's not like you can make your employees do that right it's like they don't want to do that and so you just got to grab some gloves and get an apron and start cleaning the walls and stuff like that so it's just stuff that customers don't really see that happen all the time. Um, Stuff happens, stuff breaks all the time. You're always having to fix things or having to make sure that things go well. And so um, it's what you see on the outside isn't what really happens in the restaurant industry. So that's, that's kind of why. Yeah. That's kind of why I made that post, you know, just, just kind of being honest and, and kind of letting people know, you know, it's, it's been hard, but at the same time, there's, there are some rewarding parts of it too. And so, and I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I always want to do better. And so that's kind of my goal right now at my point in life.
1: No, I totally get it. And, and one of the things you made an interesting comment about was money and how your perspective of money has changed over the last four years. Uh, sure. Talk to us about that.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, everybody that wants to go into business, right. Um, I mean, you included, the ultimately, the end goal is probably to make more money than than you're doing, and also gain more freedom. Um, but with a restaurant, I learned that it's it's pretty hard to do that unless you have like a really good team, or you have a really good, you know, backer, or somebody that's that's um, investing in your company. Uh, for us, it's just all us. It's just me and my parents, and so we don't have any investors or things like that. No way, so- no
1: investors.
0: Yeah, no investors, yeah. So we're You guys have I mean, a
1: fantastic build out. <laughs>
0: yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So it's just it's just all our life savings into this and so that's why we're pretty much all in, right? Making sure that that this works because if it fails then you know, obviously we can do something else, but it's we put so much, you know, blood, sweat and tears into it. We want to make sure that it works well. And that's kind of been our philosophy, right? And always doing things right, making sure the quality is there, making sure the service is there. But Money, like when, when I was in the tech space, um, kind of as an auditor and as a, as a consultant, um, yeah, I was always chasing money for sure. Like, cause I wanted to make more money, you know, have a better lifestyle, things like that. But there comes, I think i I think I hit like the 12, yeah, the 12 year mark after I graduated from college. And I realized you only can make a certain point of money to actually make you happier. Obviously, if you make below that threshold, um, you're you're unhappy, right? Because you're not making enough to make ends meet. But there was a there was a CEO in Seattle. I, f- I forgot who he was. Who his name was? You probably know him. But he he paid everybody a minimum like seventy grand a year because supposedly they did a study on seventy grand is a happiness mark or whatever. But but anyways, I've, I I read that and then kind of you know read his article after a couple years later after he's done that and how everybody has been doing well, the company's doing well, morale has been up, things like that. But I think it just goes for us in general. Of course, more money is good, right? I'm not saying it's bad, but there just comes to a point where you need to have a certain balance uh, with money and with time. And and that's kind of what I realized. I was trading off my time to supposedly think that I'm making more money, but I've all, I was also losing that time with my family and with my personal self. And so that's kind of where I came to the conclusion where money really isn't everything.
1: I love that because, you know, when when I look at my true motivations for why am I doing ovation and and why do the entrepreneurs that you see that you're like, hey, I like that person. I feel like it comes down to this desire to build value. Yes, yes, there's a desire to build wealth as well. But it's like when when people's main motivation is to build value and, and when I see you, son, like interact with customers and interact with your employees, I could tell that, you're going to be successful because you want to build value. You want to build value and, and bring satisfaction to your customers and also your employees and make sure that they feel part of this family. Because really, I mean, Yummy's like we talked about at the beginning, it's a family business and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize you yeah. guys didn't have any other outside investors. Um, yeah. that, that's really cool. And And with that, do you feel like this is something that has brought you, um, you know, anytime you mix business and family, it could be something that is challenging or something that uh, brings you closer together. So what advice do you have for people who are either in a family business or thinking about getting into family business? Yeah, so honestly, it's, it's really hard. And I'm
0: still trying to balance that out, um, especially, especially with my wife and, and my kids. Because because of such long hours that we have to work here, we're pretty much always open, right? Um, I'm lucky enough where I don't have to work on Sundays, and so um, so we don't work on Sundays and things like that. But it's just it's finding that balance. It's still really hard, and I'm still figuring out. Honestly, I haven't mastered it. I wish I wish I could say you know after four years I've mastered it, but I'm still trying to figure out and still trying to do better. Uh, but but at the end of the day, you know, I'm just always trying to make more time for my wife and my kids and make sure that I'm always there for them. And so, but that's the hard thing. And especially now nowadays with, with the labor shortage, right? Not finding enough help. Um, it's, it's super competitive right now. Uh, restaurant work and, and working in the food industry isn't as sexy as it used to be. Yeah. And I wish it was, but it's it's just not. And so I'm having to work more than I want to just because some people just don't show up to work. And it's, it's just the nature of the business right now. So that's why I'm always looking at different ways. You know, I've, I've been looking at robotics, right? robots and things like that and AI just to improve our restaurant and improve our business. Just because I love tech, but at the same time just want to make my life easier, but also for my employees as well. But, but yeah, I just I'm sorry, I don't have a straight answer for you because I haven't figured it out yet. I wish I did, but hopefully maybe four years later I'll figure <laughs> out then, so
1: I get it. And and one of the things that You've also been able to do is raise quarter million dollars over the last four years for nonprofits in Utah. How yeah. did you do that?
0: So, um, honestly, I do what's called incentive based marketing. Um, but but there's, there's some things that I partner with other companies that I offer these local nonprofits and high schools and things like that. And they raise money through silent auctions. And so I'm able to get them together. And through that, I've been able to help, help raise that kind of money. And so, and honestly, I wouldn't have been able to do that just by myself. If I was if I was still back in the tech industry, I wouldn't have been able to say, "Hey, I helped raise you know quarter million dollars for for such and such." But just being able to have that power, and also, I, I guess it's a connection, right? Being able to have the restaurant you know, meeting different people from, from all walks of life, from all different backgrounds and connecting them with these different local you know, nonprofits and high schools and, and different organizations, I think um, has provided me an opportunity to do that. So that's, that's, that's been a, I guess that's probably been the brightest spot of, of owning a business though. It's hard. It's being able to give back and help the community. And I think that's, that's kind of my why these days, why, why yeah. do the restaurant? It's, it's not to make more money, but it's to, to build a better impact on the community. Cause, cause even what I'm doing now with, with our restaurant here, we actually teach Korean. So we teach the Korean language, Um, culture and things like that. So it's, it's kind of something that we do that's unique. And I don't think any other restaurant, you know, teaches their own language of the food that they provide, but I feel like, you know, with, with what's going on in the world, uh, it's kind of another outlet where people can come in, not only enjoy the food, but also enjoy the culture and the language. So that's been fun as well.
1: That is cool, because I think that there's so many people, especially Utah, even though it's a, you know, um, I don't know, a lot of people look very similar. Let's put it that way. Uh, most people have traveled, right? There's a lot of people that have gone outside the state, outside the country. And so it's cool to, to have this melting pot of, of different cultures. And you've done a great job of bringing that Korean influence there to uh, to Utah. Um what do you think are some of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays, son? Yeah, I think it's just
0: communication, right? And setting expectations. And so, especially with, with the labor shortage, you know, if sometimes on on a Saturday we'll have an hour and a half to two hour wait. And so always communicate with customers. You know, it's it could be this long, but, you know, we're doing our very best to get you in. So I think with with everything, and especially if we screw up, just communicating with the customer, not getting mad with them, but just, Honestly, it's just treating them like family because we're a family-run business. We're, we're just really small. We treat them as if they were our brother, our sister, or, or, or our friend. And so we want to make sure that they feel comfortable because they're spending their hard-earned money to come and eat out at our place compared to other places. And so we want to make sure that they have a great experience and that they, they keep coming
1: back. And is that something that, are you looking to open up more locations? Honestly, I, I would
0: love to. If I had the manpower, I totally would love to, but I'm honestly scared right now to do that. And so just because I don't have the manpower, uh, obviously you need financial backing as well, too. Uh, but but honestly, I'm I'm actually content with where we're at. It's like I said, I, I would love to make more money, but it's it's not important right now. And so yeah. what we have right now, I, I think it's it's totally fine. Even if we don't open more locations, I'm totally fine with where I'm at.
1: Love that, and and what are some successful things that you've seen or tried lately?
0: Um, so I think online ordering has been has been really huge for us. And, and who do you guys use? Um, so we just go through our point of sale. It's Spot On. Uh-huh. So we, use we them. love Spot um, On. Yeah, they're, they're great. So they're based out of San Francisco side, but um, so I use online ordering for there, and then we do delivery with like Doordash and stuff. I know I know a lot of people hate Doordash and stuff because obviously there are fees there. There's a cost of doing business, but I feel like it's opening up new doors and an extra revenue to make sure that we're staying busy. But also we get new customers coming from that as well, too. They try food on delivery and they come in and, and try the dining experience. So
1: Awesome. And who's someone that you follow son in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that deserves an ovation?
0: Um, honestly, well, I follow your podcast, so which is good, <laughs> um, but um, let's see, try to, I, I follow a, do- a lot of different accounts. Like I can't name one like right off the top of my head, but I always try to follow different restaurant owners and chefs and things like that. Try to make sure that, that I'm doing well. But, but honestly, I watch a lot of restaurant impossible. So chef Robert Irvine.
1: Oh yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah
0: I, I love watching his shows. And I, I watch literally every one of his shows and all the new episodes and whatnot, just because it's, it's pretty raw, right? It just shows you, what's going on and and most of the businesses and restaurants that he helped, they're all family restaurants. And so just just showing what he can do to transfer them and and kind of seeing, and also kind of read up the follow-up articles and how those restaurants are currently doing. I look at their reviews and things like that,
1: but I, I, I love watching that show. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Well, son, how do people find you, follow you and yummies? Yeah. So we're just on Instagram
0: at yummies, uh, BBQ sushi. So you can follow us there. Um, I post a lot on there as well. So um, you'll kind of see my face from time to time, even though I'm terrible at it. But yeah, you can definitely follow (laughs) us there.
1: Awesome. Well, son, for giving us the raw advice on how to open a Korean barbecue and sushi restaurant and for helping us go from impossible to inevitable, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Give An Ovation, son. Hey, thanks so much, Zach. I appreciate it. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.